Have you subscribed to the OTB Football Podcast? Prove that I, I can play at that level. Some of my best games are against some of the top teams in the world. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Monday Night Rugby on Off The Ball with Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. An Ireland rugby team in a World Cup final and four months earlier than any of us might have imagined. Yes, yesterday's fantastic victory over the Springboks has secured Ireland's under-20s place in Friday's World Championship decider where they will play France. It finished Ireland 31, South Africa 12 yesterday. Again, in trying conditions both physically and emotionally over the course of the last week or so uh, for that Ireland team. Uh, Joining us to discuss it and to look ahead, I guess, to that final two is the Irish Independence rugby correspondent and uh, Bohemians commentator extraordinaire Rory O'Connor Rory welcome back to the show Thanks Richie how's it going? The temptation to make this a 20 minute analysis piece of Friday night is tempting Rory but we'll have to we'll have to move on from Jonathan Afalabi's winner against Dundalk and uh, Treffle defending Well you know I, I could opine about the, the defending uh, for the Dundalk goals but we will move on uh, because yesterday and indeed this past week for the Ireland under 20s down in South Africa has been like rugby gets a lot of criticism for you know Lionizing achievements that might necessarily deserve them, but given the emotional roller coaster that this team has been through over the course of the last week, uh, with the death of Greg Oliver and with the impact that the two young lads on EOS passing away had upon certain members of the squad as well, to put in the performances that they have done in those circumstances and on bog pitches as well uh, is just remarkable. And yesterday was, I guess, a uh, case in point on that. Yeah, absolutely, Richie. I mean, the one-two punch that happened, uh, you know, they'd just done a press conference where Richie Murphy had addressed the the, the tragedy in EOS and, and had confirmed that they were going to be wearing black armbands when the news filtered through that Greg Oliver, um, father of the um, scrum half, Jack Oliver, and, and uh, you know, a coach to some of the players because of his involvement with Munster, had, had died in a tragic accident over in Cape Town. And... You know, I think Richie Murphy has said that he wasn't sure at that point once it, that news came through if, if they would go and fulfill the fixture, if, if they would just pull out of the tournament, which would have been eminently um, understandable had they done so because of the direct impact that has. I mean, I, I covered the 2010 uh, World Championships where, and it was in Argentina. So, you know, a bit further from home, but still pretty far from home. The people who are over there cheering on Ireland are largely parents. It's, it's parents, sisters and brothers. They travel together. They all... You know, they go for dinner together, they're probably on the same package, staying in the same hotel. It's very tight knit. They come visit the players together. I know so I think some of the other parents were on that that paragliding trip that 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 claimed Greg Oliver's life. So it would have had a very direct impact on all of the people that are involved and their people close to them. I'm sure it's been a really difficult days for the parents because you're such a long way from home as well. The surviving parents over there as well. So for them to come together and you know whatever about the emotional element of beating Fiji and, and kind of the, the, the pre-match ceremony that came with that and, and Fiji marking the passing and, and all of that, you know, there was definitely, you're probably running on fumes at that point, but I was taken by, I was worried that maybe, and like at the end of the day, performance doesn't really matter. If, if, they, if they lost all three games and went home, no one would have judged them because of what they'd been through. But for them to kind of run on fumes for the time that they were and deal with all of the, what was thrown at them, and be able to produce what was both a really courageous performance in terms of how to defend it yesterday, but also a very accurate performance when they needed it to be. And the, they've shown a huge amount of professionalism, a huge amount of, of, of 
mental strength. Um, also, they're they're just doing what they do best. I guess when they go in between those bright lines, they're doing what they love and, and they're doing what they know. So maybe that's a good distraction for them. But I, you can't help but come away in admiration for them. Whatever happens on Friday, um, it's been really impressive. You know, it, it ultimately the, the tragedies happened and, and what happens on the pitch doesn't have any impact on that whatsoever. But maybe the shared experience that they've been through has bonded them together closer and and they will always have that bond whether, whether they win this tournament or not on Friday. I was listening to Richie Murphy's press conference on Friday and he, he didn't use the term grief counsellor but they certainly had somebody in uh, between the passing of Greg Oliver and uh, the Fiji game and I think even subsequent to that as well to, to speak with the squad and to help the squad out. Do we know if it was a grief counsellor or if it was just if somebody from yeah, World I'm, Rugby who'd helped out or... I haven't clarified that. I know my players, the, the players union in South Africa had offered them support and the RFU in the last year has actually had um, appointed a head of psychology and there are a number of sports psychologists who work with the RFU or performance coaches, but certainly the head of psychology is a clinical psychologist as far as I'm aware. So mm-hmm. she she would either have referred people to them or um, I don't know if she went out herself or, or how that exactly worked, but I think that there was no shortage of help available to them in terms of trying to deal with with, with what happened. Um, and obviously the coaches would have been on hand to try and help them through as best they can and they're there for each other as well. But, you know, it's there's no shortage of support, but I mean, that can only, they only, all they can do really is get, offer you the the tools that you might be able to use to get through it. Ultimately, you kind of have to find your own path as well as, as a group. And as I say, I wonder if they're just, the fact that they can get out there every day and train and play and, 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 give themselves a common cause. I think Richie Murphy spoke, the coach spoke about how they'd had a message from Jack Oliver and, and his mother, you know, wishing them well in the semi-final that, you know, you don't want to channel that, that kind of sense of doing it for them in terms of, you know, you don't like just if they lost, it wouldn't be any, they wouldn't be feel any less empathy towards sure. them, but I'm sure that common purpose is, is quite powerful as well. On yesterday um, itself, because, that very much was an arm wrestle like what was it three minutes before half time before we got our, our first score of the game with James Nicholson's try those kind of games and particularly with the emotional baggage that's gone along with the last week or so that can be a very trying thing mentally for them to land the first blow yesterday like they did at the time that they did uh, seemed to be crucial yeah no absolutely and they weathered an awful lot they defended really well their their kind of their communication without the ball their their braveness in contact like they are a big team that you know this is a rare occasion where Ireland is able to send a team over to South Africa for a World Cup and actually be a dominant physical force you know they have some you know probably I don't know I struggle to say once in a generation talent because that you know every year it seems like Ireland is producing really good rugby players but in terms of you know Paddy McCarthy Gus McCarthy and the two back rows in particular uh, Gleeson and um, Ruan Quinn they have athletes, O'Chernigan's second row as well. They have athletes who are capable of coping with the biggest and best that other countries are 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 producing. And often in the past, Ireland has, you know, Ireland's young players would take a little bit longer to reach the level of un- others to catch up, whereas this group seems to be able to do it. And that's a real benefit when you don't have the ball and, and a South African pack is rolling around the corner at you where the South African, you know, good South African backs are probing. It's not, a, I don't think it's a brilliant South African team. I think on paper, this is a better Ireland team than a South Africa team, even though they're away from home. Mm. I do think in in keeping with a trend across the senior men's game at the moment, I think the French and Irish teams have been the outstanding teams at this tournament. 
the in and also in the Six Nations, you know, that certain currently at the moment France and Ireland are leading the way, you know, across the board. So like there wasn't an outstanding New Zealand team or South Africa team in in this tournament. You know, Italy and Georgia were really good. England were were, were you know drew with Ireland and were very good. So they probably knew that if they were able to weather the storm, they had the the class and experience, having won their Grand Slam, to to engineer the scores that they needed. But when those chances came, having endured everything they had endured over the first half an hour or so, they needed to be accurate. They needed to strike while the arm was hot. And Sam Prendergast, who has had a little bit of a mixed bag in this tournament, but is undoubtedly a class, class player with huge potential, delivered that moment of calm and precision that they needed. And once they got in front, they did get pegged back, but they struck again with Gleeson showing a different side of what they can do. So it was a very complete. Like They've had to... Because the pitches are so bad down in South Africa and the weather's been so bad around the Cape Town area um, in the last couple of weeks, I mean, when they played in the Six Nations, most of their games were on 4G pitches. So this is a very different challenge that, that challenges their skill set in a different way. And in each of their games, they found ways to win. And probably most admirably or impressively in that South Africa game yesterday. The pitch thing is, is something that's fascinating because weather can't be helped. Like that's one thing obviously that we've kind of found, especially today here, uh, I guess. But it seems as if, and this goes back to, you look at the knockout phases of, of, of the URC, the pitches have been chewing up really badly in and around the Cape Town area for the past couple of months. And it's something that Irish provinces and now the under 20s have had to deal with. The Fiji game we know uh, was moved. They combined both uh, semi-finals yesterday into the Athlon Stadium and even that was was tuned up for the first game so mm. it's, it's been a really difficult thing to try and manoeuvre for this Irish side and for the tournament as a whole and it speaks of I don't want to say disrespect for the under 20 competition but you would have thought that there would be better tracks for these guys to play on yeah, like the, the 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 Cape Town Stadium is probably a separate issue because it, it's just a dog of a pitch and it's being replaced as we speak. I think they've put in a Desi pitch similar to Crow Park um, this summer and next season. There, there shouldn't be any issues with that as long as they don't have any monster truck rallies a couple of weeks out from the final, <laughs> yeah. which is what they did this year. But like that pitch has been a problem for a long time. Even during the Lions Tour, I remember it being a problem. I think the issue here, I got an email from a, from a reader who, who lives in near Parle, which where the, where the first couple of games were, and he, he said, this is a week before the tournament, he said, it has not stopped raining here since the, the, the URC final, and it's not just normal rain, this is, Heavy. we've never got rain like this. It's been snowing in Johannesburg today, which is just really unusual, like we are in a, I, this, is, this is the climate crisis, it's not the most important impact it's having, but it is having an impact in, in different ways. I guess this tournament is, is often in the Northern Hemisphere summer and what they do, the format they've always done is they, they pick two or three grounds, they play three or four games on those grounds a day and it's fine when you're in Italy or you're in England even at this time of year. Whereas if you're in South Africa and you've just had terrible conditions or New Zealand, having four games in those conditions is very difficult and it does it does challenge the players in, in a real way. And I, I, yeah, you could say it was disrespectful, I guess you want these players to be challenged in different ways. Like this is a development tournament at the end of the day. Yes. You want to see them express themselves in the best possible way, but you know, they will be playing Heineken cup games in the next couple of years on dogs and pitches in the South of France. So like there is rugby is supposed to be a game for all shapes and sizes and it does get played in all conditions. So there there's an, you know, you could spin it that way, but yeah, you'd, you'd much prefer to see them on a really good heart. If it was played up, I know it's snowing in Joburg today, but if it was played up on the Veld in on those kind of really hard tracks, it would just show a different side to all of these teams. But yeah. I think this Ireland team would be quite comfortable in those conditions as well. I think they're a team for all seasons. Yeah, one of those players <clears throat> who kind of stood out in terms of being adaptable 
uh, on any kind of track like that is, has been Brian Gleeson so far in this tournament he's been Sam Prendergast will obviously get a lot of headlines given the nature of his position and all that and, and he, but Gleeson for what he's offered on both sides of the ball has been absolutely phenomenal in this tournament and you mentioned like Heineken Cup games like it won't be long before he's an absolute regular in that back row for Munster yeah, I mean, I guess the one note of caution I'd, ma- I'd make is that the last time Ireland w- reached the World Cup final in 2016, eight of that team have gone on to become full internationals and then Terry Kennedy's a, a, a seven-star. The one who was actually nominated, or sorry, who won World Player of the Year that year was Max Deegan. And you would have expected Max Deegan to, to go along with James Ryan, Andrew Porter, Stockdale, Hugo Keenan, Jimmy O'Brien, but actually he's found it really difficult to get into the Leinster team because he's behind Jack Conan, is a couple of years older than him and uh, Caelan Doris, who's come along a couple of years after him. So the path is never easy for these players. And if you think about Brian Gleeson coming through, well, he has to supplant um, Gavin Coombs from the Munster number no. 8 shirt. And that's not going to be no easy feat. And Gavin Coombs is only three, 23 or 24 and has is a real real figure there. So so Gleeson has to be better than Gavin Coombs to make that a mark that you're talking about. But everything we see about him, you have to remember that he's, he's a year young for this this tournament. He will be an under twenty eligible for the under twenties when they go to the World Cup next year. Like a couple of these players, um, he has huge hurling pedigree. I believe a year ago there was kind of murmurs within Munster that they weren't sure about the progress he was making, that it wasn't quite clicking for him. And then in the last, you know, nine eight nine months, it's just come together for him. And what I love about about watching him is the energy that he brings, the fact that he's able to show his personality through the way that he plays. He never takes a backward step. He seems to be really enjoying himself out there. He's not a robot who's going through a process all the time, even though internally he might be. He is able to kind of play the game on his own terms. And the try he scored um, that kind of broke the game open uh, yesterday, that looked like a South African player playing against an Ireland under-20 team. You know, it was it was a role reversal to see a powerful Irish number eight barreling young South Africans out of his way. It was just a, a paradigm shift for all of us. Um, and it speaks it speaks really well to the ability that he has. But I guess what I'm trying to say is that there's no guarantees with any of these players. They look the part. I'm sure many of them will go on and represent their provinces and Ireland. But the way the route there is is difficult, and and they need to get past some really good. But like the Leinster players coming through have Ireland internationals in pretty much every position ahead of them. So it's just it's a tough it's a tough station for them all. Yeah, there's heavy traffic, <clears throat> pardon me, in, yeah. in a lot of the provinces for sure. You mentioned the kind of the ups and downs of Sam Prendergast. We saw a lot of the good elements of what he can bring yesterday. What what are the kind of notes of caution that you would add to, to what we've seen I, from so far? He's just young. I don't think, <clears throat> like, I, I think he's going to be, you know, a, a superstar. I think he's got everything it takes. If he, if he can stay injury free and he keeps on the same trajectory, you know, you look across this tournament and if you watch the games that are that are taking place between other teams, there's mm. he's the best 10 in the tournament from what I've seen, even though there have been patchy moments. There was goal kicks that went astray earlier in the tournament. There was the odd decision that's gone astray, the odd the odd kick to, to touch that wasn't right on the money. But like we're 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 probably applying much higher standards to what we're to him than because of what he's done in the past year. And on Saturday, or sorry, yesterday, there was none of really that. I mean he he was no perfect in terms of his goal kicking. His decision making was very good. He knew when to kick. He knew he knew when to pass. His passing was very good. He he runs. He's very physical as well. He's not shy. I mean, his brother's an international back row, I guess. So we shouldn't be surprised. He's not a small. He's not a small guy, but he's he's well able to mix it as well. He's he's the full package. He's so calm. He's unflappable. When he makes one of those those mistakes, as he's going to, because he's nineteen or twenty years old, he never seems to be bothered by it. He just gets up and goes again. 
Um, he looks like he has all of the tools to go to, to go and do it. And he like to have him in Ireland's corner going into this game against a high quality French team on Friday mm. is a massive asset because within in, in a moment he can just flick a switch and the game is the game is wide open again. And you know, it was his kick to beat France in the last last couple of minutes back in, in February during the Six Nations. So um they know that he has that clutch stuff in him. And there's a lot of the basics that he's really good at as well. His line kicking has been really good in terms of getting Ireland into the position for malls. And they scored off the back of a lot of those malls. You know, just the little details that that may come together to make a really high quality out half are all there. And if he doesn't always put it together, that's just because he's still learning. Yeah, February kind of showed how close these two teams are, Ireland and France, that is. And you look at the pedigree that France have shown so far in this tournament, like putting five tries in the All Blacks and putting them out of the competition, um, putting a similar score on Wales and looked impressive again there yesterday against England in that semi-final. Anybody who thinks it's kind of fait accompli in this wonderful story that Ireland are going to power the victory on Friday have a, you know, a tricolour standing opposite them that's going to say no. Yeah, I think... Like I, I would have France's favourites for the final. I, I do. I know that Ireland beat them, but that was in Cork. It was a very tight game. They had to withstand an awful lot of physical uh, onslaught. I know they did that on, on yesterday as well. But France, France looked like a senior uh, international team, or certainly a top fourteen team. And Ireland looked like like the the two closest things I think to the finished article in this tournament. Ireland are very well drilled. Andy Farrell actually remarked during the Six Nations after an open session that they're they're carrying out his game plan better than our, the Ireland senior team were en route to their own Grand Slam. You know, that their, their accuracy levels are very, very high. And he meant that almost as a dig to his own players to kind of look, look what these kids are able to do and why can't you do that? So, like, you know, they're, they're held in high regard within the Irish system as well. But France, since that game against uh, Ireland in, in February, they've added a couple of strings to their bow. They've brought through a couple of extra players, including Basolo Tulagi, who, you know, you can't mention his name without mentioning his weight because he's 145 kilos Jeez. at 18 years old and he uses it so well. It's not just that he's a physical specimen. He's a phenomenal rugby player. Uh, his father, Henry, played for, for Perpignan, um, you know, famously and was a really top quality player. And he, he's a cousin of Manu and he's just got, you know, that, that family have just produced a, 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 such an array of high quality players. He is. Again, you know, we're talking about Gleeson and, and Prendergast has been the real deal. Like he will have a great career if, if he keeps injury free. He just looks the part, even though he's not the he's not the tallest. He's just such a phenomenon. He's so hard to stop, and they'll have to come up with strategies to kind of take him out of the game if they can. Against the the baby blacks, he was phenomenal. You know, he he really dominated the game. Again, not a great New Zealand team this year. Not a great South African team. These are the two best teams in the tournament. I just it's not a fear because I think you know this is a development tournament. These players. It's all about getting through, really. But you to fit, you would love them to have a happy ending at the end of a very sad month. Um, this France team may be a bridge too far, but 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 they have, you know, at the same time, Ireland have already beaten them and, and have the potential to beat anyone. I think the schedule is, is is the one thing that jumps out as well because it's been like five day turnarounds, as Richie Murphy mm. pointed out. It's been really really trying in that respect. To I know he was able to rotate his team against Fiji. You don't necessarily have the same uh, bandwidth between the semi final and final, I guess. Yeah, I, I, the timing of the Fiji game was probably pretty good, but I'm sure France had a chance to rotate as well along the way. I haven't looked at them as closely, but they they were in a tough pool. There's no easy pools. It's only a 12 team tournament. It's it's a much um, you know, like the games are much tighter than or you know, certainly on paper than the, the the full men's World Cup where there's 20 teams may extend to 24 down the line. You know that's like you know there's there's, a, there's an argument that this is a much more elite tournament in terms of the quality teams you're playing against. And when you've only got five day turn turnarounds, it, it is very difficult. But you know, France played later than Ireland. They 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 won't be able to like Ireland won't use that as an excuse. It is difficult. It's a mm. challenge, but it's the last game of their season. It's a World Cup final. You know, they whatever fatigue they're feeling, 
Um, they've been managed very well. I know a couple of them have played a bit of in, uh, provincial rugby, but they've been pulled from club action from time to time. They've been in camp a lot going into this. They're young, they're they're fit, they're hungry. Um, they've got a few bodies back. The guys who were suspended earlier in the tournament, I, I think are back available now. So that gives Murphy some options to freshen things up. Very hard to change a team that's just hammered South Africa on home soil in the semi-final. It, it is a team with depth, though. You I mean you look at a, a player of the caliber of Evan O'Connell, who who was obviously um, you know relegated to the bench there yesterday. Like that, that's the kind of people that we're talking about to have in reserve and be able to bring on for the for this final and people coming back in from suspension too. Um, mm. You know, it, it's a significant cadre of players that are going to be coming back. Oh yeah, no, they've they've demonstrated that throughout, and you know, Andrew Andrew Osborne, Jamie's younger brother. Um, didn't play in the Six Nations through injury, but but has worked his way back in there, and and, and you know he's added he started all the games, but that just means someone drops onto the bench who's capable of winning a Grand Slam, you know. So there is very good depth there. It's a very strong squad. There's a number of players who are back next year, so there's a bit of continuity there as well. A couple of them played in last year's um, kind of hybrid tournament that took place this time last year. So there's um, I think that there's there's a reason to be. Regardless of what happens this week, there's, there's there's reason to be very positive about this team and their uh, ability to kick on and play a significant role for Irish rugby in the future. I mean, I think it was seven of the 2016 finalists made it through to the Ireland senior team. Uh, two or three of them have, um, so two of them have two Grand Slams already. A couple more have a Grand Slam of their own. Um, you've got guys with URC and European medals. That has been a big, that's a big throughput for a team. And, and, you look at the caliber of player and the, some of the individuals in this team, you know, you're like Paddy McCarthy of Quinn of, of um, yeah, Prendergast, a few others, like Gleason, obviously like the, there is real potential there to go on and have, have big careers. And um, the two, two conic centers have been really good as well. Uh, Finton gun, the nine, like, you, like there are, there's huge potential. There is pitfalls along the way, but you know, that there's, there's a, that depth is there and it's quality depth as well so they, they, they're in and on merit I know they haven't played in New Zealand along the way but to, to beat South Africa in a semi-final on home soil that's a big statement absolutely is Money Not Rugby on Off the Ball with Vodafone Ireland's most reliable mobile network and proud sponsor of the Irish rugby team Rory unfortunately we've run out of time we won't be able to talk in depth uh, about that 3-2 victory on Friday evening <laughs> for Bowes against Dundalk but I do urge everyone to check out Rory's commentary on the highlights uh, on YouTube when they get the chance but for now Rory O'Connor thanks for speaking to us this evening Hi, Richie.